Well, what does hydration look like? It's water. Water is all around us. As stated earlier, it's about 60% of our body is all hydration. So why is this important to someone between 10 to 15 years old? If you want to do your TikTok dance, you got to make sure you're hydrated, all right? Hello, everyone. That was Tony Castillo on the importance of hydration for girls soccer players. And I'm Julianne Deeds, and I want to welcome you to the She Dreams and Goals podcast, where soccer dreams come alive and goals are just the beginning. This podcast is all about empowering girls to use their passion for soccer as fuel for on-field success, and more importantly, a lifetime of wellness. In each episode, we'll speak with stars from the NWSL, health experts, and performance coaches to unlock their secrets to success and discover what it takes to become the best and healthiest soccer players and people we can be. Today, we are lucky to have Tony Castillo to share his expertise on hydration. Tony is an elite nutrition expert specializing in sports nutrition and optimizing athletes to boost their performance through nutrition. Tony is a registered dietitian who has worked with major league baseball teams such as the Toronto Blue Jays and collegiate student athletes at the University of Florida. I learned so much from this conversation, but don't take my word for it. Elizabeth, what did you think? I thought it was awesome and I learned so much. And I think my friends and teammates will love it as much as I did. All right, so whether you still pack a soccer bag full of shin guards and a ball or the weekly carpool full of fierce young female soccer players, I hope you'll join us each week to explore how we can achieve our dreams both on and off the field. Elizabeth, kick us off. Welcome to the She Dreams and Goals podcast. So I had a little, um, yeah, apple before we talked. To get Good. <laughs> a little bit because <laughs> I was a little, you know, ward ceremony this morning. I was all sleepy, but I had an apple, well, let's get so. the energy going. You know what I'm We're saying, ready. Julianne? We need to turn on some music, do a little dance. And what do I we need know, to do here? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. Right, let's roll. Okay. Hey, Tony, thanks so much for coming. Um, I'm so glad and excited that we're going to talk about hydration today. Um, this is something that we talk about all the time in my family. Actually, when I was, when I was a kid a long time ago, um, my mom, I felt like she was totally obsessed with hydration. My mom would say, like, if we were cranky, go drink some water. If we had a headache, go drink some water. Fever, chicken pox, go drink some water. Sometimes <laughs> it didn't seem rational and we'd all laugh about it. But now that I'm a mom, I find like anytime my kids come with something that's really bothering them, I'm like, okay, go drink two glasses of water and then we'll deal with it. (laughs) Um, So I don't know. It's hanging. It's really like lingering for me. And then when I was thinking about hydration, the other thing I I like reflected back on from when I was, you know, my daughter's age, she's 10 turning 11. I was like, we did not have these like fancy water bottles that everyone has around. I don't know, like, I think you're a bit younger than me, but I I did not have this fancy water bottle, even though my mom was really obsessed with us drinking water. I didn't have it. And I'm like, I think I spent an hour last Christmas researching the best (laughs) water bottle for my kids. So I want your advice like, was my mom right? Is water the cure for all? And should I continue to spend my time focusing on these fancy water bottles? Well, Julianne, thank you so much for having me on. When it comes to hydration, I could tell you personally when I grew up the same story. It was orange slices and cups of whatever uh, Dixie cup they had that they had uh-huh. for the team that just had water in it or, or some sort of sports yeah. beverage in it. 
And then working with athletes, uh, I, I, working at the University of Florida, we had the Gatorade water bottles, which you'll see a lot oh, of yeah. athletes with. Um, I like to just squirt water at people when I when I used it, um, mm-hmm. trying to keep it clean. So I loved your mom. She was the originator of hydrate or dihydrate, which is the motto okay. I like to use. <laughs> um, in order for it to be a cure-all, I wouldn't say it's a cure-all. It definitely does help with a lot of things and a lot of ailments we have, such as headaches, could be dizziness, especially now with summer coming up. And I know the tournament's coming up, so we want to make sure we talk about that hydration piece. I yeah. would say it is very important for us to make sure we drink enough water especially student athletes when we're talking about just fig- physical like attributes that they're doing they're burning that energy and they're losing those fluids that's piece one and then when they're at school paying attention hopefully to whatever their mm-hmm. teacher is saying they are using their brains and our bodies are about 60 percent water so that's if crazy. we are even slightly dehydrated which means two to three percent thirst kicks in and our performance goes down by 10 percent. so what do i mean by performance well if you're sitting listening to a teacher or listen to this podcast and you are actually dehydrated, you're probably going to start fading away. No matter how much energy we have, you're going to start fading away. So making sure you're hydrated is the very first important step of doing so. Making sure you have that first sip of water. Now, with all these fancy cups, bottles, shakers, yeah. <laughs> uh, I did not have them growing up, Julianne. Yeah. I now use them. Uh, I have uh, just a regular blender bottle that I carry with me all the time just because I like the handle. Now, you might have heard I'm not getting paid by them, but the Stanley Cups has been a very big revolution. Yes. Uh, my wife has one. I tried the water from it. It tastes exactly the same, so you're not missing out on anything. <laughs> it's not fancy. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I always like to say, what's going to reduce the barrier? What's going to help you drink more water? So if that means it's a cup with a, a straw, so my daughter, she's two and a half. She'll drink yeah. the cups that have the straws. That'll help her drink it versus the regular cup like you were just drinking out of Julianne because she'll spill it. Uh, and that'll yeah. be a mess for mom and dad to pick up. Now, someone that's in between 10 to 15s, um, they have, I've seen a lot of the Yetis are popular. Mm-hmm. I just like something that has a hook on it so they can carry it with them or put it on their backpack. Something that fits on their backpack if it has a, a little holder on it. And then something that's easy open to close because we don't want it to spill. Typically, when we have those with, with straws, they're easier to spill over. So I think about mm. how accessible is it if it's at school so that it won't spill. So the, the old or the I don't know if they're old school, but the old school Gatorade bottles that had the yeah. orange top, they were, we could flip them over and they wouldn't leak water. So that's why those are the easiest ones for student athletes. So just having something. That yeah, I've leak. noticed those have kind of come back into vogue. There's been yeah. a couple left in my carpool, <laughs> soccer carpool in the back of my uh, car when I've climbed back there to clean up. I'm like, oh, here's, you know, there's like three of them back there. I'm like, oh, these are popular again. Mm. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my daughter about like what hydration is and she said it's making sure you drink enough water. So I was wondering, you know, I was like, yeah, that is. But I would love if you could give like a little bit of info about, you know, the science behind hydration that, you know, would help a 10 to 13 year old understand like what that really does for their body and if they're not hydrated, what that might look like. Well, what does hydration look like? It's water. Water is all around us. As stated earlier, it's about 60% of our body is all hydration. So why is this important to someone between 10 to 15 years old? If you want to do your TikTok dance, you got to make sure you're hydrated, all right? Uh, your body's moving. It's fluid. You're, you're moving all the time. And people that are dehydrated, so if you are dehydrated, you're going to have a headache. You're not only not going to want to do school. You're not going to want to practice. You're not going to want to do anything because you just – tired uh you have that fatigue you have that headache and also 
looking at your pee. So as I told you earlier, yeah. Julianne, I'm going to bring my jars of pee from my desk, which are not actually pee. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to be invited to talk to some fifth graders, and I was like, how am I going to keep a fifth grader's attention? Some jars of pee. So here we go. These jars of pee, which you see on my desk, it's water, lemonade, and we have the very dark, it looks like a diet soda. So for those listening in, we typically hear that clear urine is a sign of hydration. However, it's actually the opposite of that. Mm. When it is clear, that means you don't have enough of those electrolytes, which I'm sure you hear from your sports drinks and sports beverages and sport powders about these electrolytes. So it's the, they are sodium, potassium, magnesium, and, and chloride. In layman terms or for our terms so we can understand, it's pretty much salt. Um, yeah. And we definitely want salt in our food, and, and that's how we replenish. So salt acts like a sponge in our body, so it holds that water in. So that way we can perform at our best. And we think about the importance of hydration. I think we spoke about this analogy, Julianne, which is the beef jerky analogy. Yeah. So if you've ever seen beef jerky and fresh steak at your grocery store, if you get that nice fresh steak that has not been cooked, you can move it around. You can do whatever you want. You can throw it. I hope you don't throw it. But if you did, it'd land pretty well and it'd come back to normal. But if you take beef jerky and you fold it in half, it's going to rip. Well, that's your muscles inside of you, right? Those are cow muscles. So if you think about your muscles and you're always dehydrated, you're easier to rip those muscles, okay? So you bend them, and we don't want you to get injured. So one thing that you can do to reduce your injury is drink enough water. And we'll talk about that and how much uh, water they do need. Now, back to the the clear pee. There was actually an athlete I was working with, and they were getting full body cramps. They could not do anything. They just kept cramping up. And it's because they were drinking too much water and not enough of those electrolytes, right? Now, the other side of the spectrum, that super dark piece, so it looks like apple juice or a diet soda or soda, that's when you're not getting enough water at all. So you definitely just want to hydrate more, so just adding in more water. You want it to look like lemonade. So anyone on here, a take-home tip? Just go look at your pee. <laughs> okay, no, that's good. It's funny because my son's coach actually says to the kids after the game, he's like, um, drink water till your pee is clear. So I'm going to just give him a little tip that it's drink water till your pee looks like lemonade. There you go. Um, but yeah, <laughs> he says it after every game to make sure that they're really, you know, they're ready um, and yeah. that they're drinking water. So that's awesome. And actually what we can do is we can take a picture of your um your pee jars and we can post it so we can so the kids can see what what it looks like and um i think that'd be great so you know just it's summer here um not officially yet but it feels like summer um so my 13 year old has at least one game this weekend um and hopefully if they win another game it's gonna be in the 90s you know we want him to stay healthy and there's also a ton of girls playing in this tournament also it's our it's our state cup which is like the big tournament at the end of the season so it's super exciting, but they've all—they're also not totally ready for this heat yet because it's kind of new. So I was wondering if you can kind of walk us through, like, if for girls ten to fifteen, they're playing in this tournament. It's going to be about ninety degrees. It's Thursday, right? Do we start? Do we start prepping today? They probably have practice today or tomorrow. Like, what does it look leading up to these kind of big tournaments, especially when it's hot? They should always be drinking water. Okay, always. It should be. 24-7 unless it is uh, before bed or you wake up in the middle of the night and it disturbs your sleep, meaning you wake up in the night to go pee. So <clears throat> they should be starting today as soon as they hear this. Uh, just drink okay. water, take a sip. And you should be having about half your body weight in ounces. So okay. if you're someone who's about 100 pounds, that means you should be having about 50 ounces of water a day as your baseline or starting point of how much water you should have, right? And then a good activity you could do is you can weigh yourself before and after three practices, now, okay. however much weight you drop, 
And to give you an idea, when I was working at the University of Florida, I had some female uh, collegiate soccer players who dropped five pounds during a practice. And those five pounds were all fluids because, as Mm -hmm. you know, as you said, it's summer. Florida, the swamp, it's very swampy, very humid. That five pounds, they actually need to drink 24 ounces per pound loss. So to put it in in a better – those bottles we were talking about earlier, right? If we think about a bottle, so – if you were to lose, so you, if you do 50 ounces a day, let's use that example, you probably need two of those bottles, anywhere between two to three of those bottles you take to school, because that's about 20 to 30 ounces. And then for every pound you lose, you most likely need to redrink one of those waters, those bottles of water. So if you're someone who drinks or loses five pounds during practice, that means you need to be drinking seven bottles of water a day. Now, I'm not wow. trying to push anyone to drink all that water, but it's really to better understand how much you lose. And one way you can stop that from happening is by having one, those electrolytes that we were talking about earlier. So having some salty snacks either before, during, and especially after games. So salty snacks could be like pretzels, uh, which are great because they have salt. I love those. Those are some that the soccer girls loved at Florida. Yeah. Um, Because remember that salt's going to help hold that water in. And while you're playing, because I know there's not a lot of stopping in soccer, at least when I watch it, <laughs> no, you should, yeah. You should, yeah, you should be Lots trying to running. get fluids anywhere every 15 to 20 minutes. And it should be, I always like to tell them, if, you, if those Gatorade balls just two squirts in every 15 to 20 minutes. So it should be about four to eight ounces. So if we're thinking about your bottle, it's about a quarter of your bottle every 15 to 20 minutes when you're playing sports. So that's if you really can't, helpful. that's when you go ahead and do it beforehand and after. Um, and, I, and I always say test it out on a day that's not game day, so during practice. Because okay. during game day, we don't want to try anything new because yeah. we don't want you having to run to the bathroom in the middle of a game when they need you to score a goal or block a goal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've seen that happen. So, yeah, I have a, yeah, I have a couple of thoughts. So Please. I noticed my my 13-year-old after his game, so they played three games last weekend, and I noticed after the last day when it was really, really hot, when he actually got in the car, he was like, I, I really want like pretzels, something salty. So that yeah. would, would that be a hint that Absolutely. his electrolytes might have been a little low? Absolutely. Okay. There was even a, a youth team I worked with, and we actually put in their sports drinks salts, and the kids wouldn't even taste it. If you and I were to drink it because we weren't physically active, we were just there helping out, we'd be like, oh my gosh, this tastes like salty sports drink. You'd be like, this is gross. But because sometimes these kids sweat so much, it's okay to add salt and it's okay for them to have salt. That's interesting. And I, I have noticed myself, like, I'm not a huge sports drink person. I prefer water. But if I'm working out or I've run like a, a decent amount, like suddenly that tastes okay to me. Like yeah. I used to drink water when I played in college. I would drink water and then at halftime I'd have like half a cup of like a Powerade yeah. because I hated it any other time. But <laughs> but at halftime, I, you know, because we made it ourselves too. The yeah. trainers made it. So it wasn't like... But if it during halftime, I like loved it. So it was probably something I, I needed. So that's really interesting. It's funny that he, literally on Monday, he was like, oh, I really want something salty. So I guess that's what was going on for him. Um, and then my other question is like with, you know, I, I understand hydration a little bit as an adult, but for kids 10 to 15, right? So 10-year-olds aren't sweating that much. Does that impact hydration? 15-year-olds are sweating a lot more. So what does that kind of age change? What do they need to know as they kind of grow, starting with like a 10-year-old? Yeah, and if you don't mind, Julian, I'd love to take it back a moment for people to assess if they're salty sweaters or their kids are salty sweaters. Oh. So one thing you can do, one, absolutely, if your kid, if your son is coming in asking for salty pretzels, he may be a salty sweater. That's probably clue number one. Clue number two, 
if they sweat, does it sting in their eyes when it comes in? Because mm. that typically means it's salt. I've even seen athletes who get actual salt crystals yeah, on their about. head. So that means they're a salty sweater. And another way you can check is if they have on their shirt, I'm looking down on my shirt, that white line on their shirt, or if they mm-hmm. ever wear like a ball cap, that white line around the ball cap, um, or on their shorts or anything of that nature, that means they're a salty sweater because they're seeing that white line come off, off of that. And the last one is if there's someone who frequently cramp- cramps, Uh, cramping could be because of many things, but from a nutrition standpoint, we try to make sure that it is not due to electrolytes. It could be because they are low in electrolytes. So those are some quick hits. So if someone's listening, think about, do I have that white line on my clothes? Do I get, uh, salt that stings or does my sweat stings in my eyes? Uh, how do I feel after? Do I have that salty craving? Those are going to be some really big ones. And do you cramp a lot? So those are some easy questions anyone listening to can figure out if they're a salty sweater or not. That's great. Right? Thank you. Of course. So going back to the question that you were asking, um, I, you know, real quick, even just talking about the power rate you're talking about at halftime, those things do have energy in them. So they should be had every, uh, if you're doing more than 90 minutes of continuous activity. Okay. So when we talk about a, a child that's growing, those nutrition and hydration needs change depending when they hit puberty, how yeah. they hit puberty. So it really does depend because you're right. Kids typically don't sweat as much. I would still keep that hydration need based okay. on what the literature says is half their body weight in ounces. And then I would play a little bit with that 24 ounces after uh, um, after games or anything like that, more monitoring their urine color. That would be a better way to go about it. And, of course, someone that sweats more just using that body weight scale um, and I know many people try to stay away from uh, body weights now, but again, you're using it from a performance metric. We're not yeah. looking at it from weight loss or weight gain or weight management. It's really about how we can get them to perform at their best to ensure they're properly hydrated. Yeah, right? that really makes sense. So again, just making sure for the, someone who's 10 who's not sweating that much, I would still want them to do half their body weight in some sort of fluid. And if someone who is a sweater, that's when we can start doing those weights pre and post practice or pre and post game day. Yeah, that's a great idea about weighing yourself, like to see kind of what your typical, get a sense for your mm-hmm. typical weight loss. Because, right, we go to tournaments, we don't have our scale with us. But, <laughs> you know, there's a there's a scale, you know, at home or they're or they're hydrating like right after, you know, right after yeah. they're they're drinking a lot. So but if you have a scale at home, you can kind of get a sense for what your typical, you know, water loss is. Then you can have a sense and, you know, be like, OK, I felt like, you know, I exerted more energy or it was hot or um, I may have been less hydrated before I need to you know maybe up that but that's really helpful so I, speaking I know you you mentioned potassium so I just mm-hmm. have I when I was thinking about hydration I was like are there foods that kind of have a negative impact on hydration and are there foods that have like a positive impact on hydration and you know what should we consider yeah so when we talk about foods I always like to think I know with my daughter, I do a lot of convenient foods. And as we hear in the media, we try to stay away from processed foods. So if you're someone who eats a whole food diet, that means not the not the grocery store, just eating a lot of whole foods, not packaged. Yeah. Then you actually need to add salt to your diet, right? Going okay. back to that sodium, right? That's what's going to help you absorb. So a lot of people that I've worked with that eat a lot of those whole foods, they typically have kids that cramp a lot because they're not eating a lot of those processed foods. So this is a point you'll probably hear not many people say, but processed foods can be helpful, 
right? They can help you stay hydrated because they have that sodium in it. Now, if you're overeating processed foods, not only will you overeat on some calories, but you're probably getting a lot of sodium. So you probably have, you might be overhydrated with that food. Now, some foods I also like to look for are fruits and vegetables because they're just full of hydration. As I mentioned at the beginning, I didn't have a cool fancy water bottle. I had a little Dixie cup and a mm-hmm. and a orange slice. So yeah. orange slices, especially summer watermelons, those all fruits and vegetables have that water that will help you stay hydrated and give you those vitamins and minerals. And I state that because as a soccer player, your eyes are pretty important to see the ball, see the goal, see the person coming towards you or mm-hmm. at you, right? Important is because you need to make sure you get those fruits and vegetables and not only stay hydrated, but so it helps your vision, right? So okay, I always like to say, yeah. if you want to look at the ball better, make sure you get those fruits and vegetables in. So fruits and vegetables, and yes, even some processed foods like a pretzel can help you stay hydrated in the long term. Now, foods that will dehydrate you, so that means actually make you go, is going to be that coconut water, anything that's very high Mm. in potassium. Now, yes, bananas are high in potassium and even uh, potatoes, but you'd have to eat a lot of them in order for it to have that diuretic effect or making you go to the bathroom or dehydrate you. So you're completely safe. Yeah, so like a banana before a game, if you wanted one, wouldn't be the end of the world. Would not do anything, no. You'd actually be, I would prefer a banana because then you get some energy in, as we were talking about earlier. It's pretty easy to to digest. So I had kind of two more um, two more really quick questions about um, hydration. And then, um, yeah, we have a little challenge for our listeners to kind of focus on their hydration for for the next couple of weeks. So my question is, and these are kind of probably I don't know if they're myths or where I got them from, but um, is there any truth to the sip versus gulp um, theory of hydration? Yes, so we'll we'll we're gonna have to shift sports here. Okay, uh, we're, have you ever seen the Super Bowl, Julianne? I have seen the Super Bowl. Yes, most people have, and most kids have. So, what happens at the end to the winning coach? They pour the bucket, <laughs> yeah. yeah, bucket on top of the coach. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and now it's seen in a lot of sports, but I think yep. most people know that. So mm-hmm. the winning coach gets doused in Gatorade. Now, yep. Does the coach always get doused or does the coach sometimes dodge it because they see it coming? They run if they can. <laughs> yeah. It depends on how good they are yeah, at dodging. Yeah. yeah. So if they're good, they can dodge it, right? Now, I want you to imagine, Julianne, your team wins the state championship this weekend and they tie down the coach and every player gets a cup of water or Gatorade and they get to dump it on the coach. Do you think the coach will end up more soaked by that versus maybe missing out on getting dumped by the Gatorade? That's true. They I didn't would. think of it like that. Yeah. So it's the same way sipping, right? So if you could literally sip water throughout the day, that's how you actually can absorb water and utilize it and have it throughout the whole day. So you want to sip water throughout the day versus taking big chugs because that's like throwing the Gatorade in you and you're just going to pee it out. And that's how sometimes pee comes out clear because you drink it so fast, so quickly, your body doesn't have a chance to actually absorb it or use it or make it so that it works in your brain or in your yeah. muscles. That makes a lot of sense. So, so there's some truth to it. There okay, is. Okay, what, wa- what about water temperature? I don't know where I got this from, but I remember thinking something about like you should drink room temperature water when you're trying to be hydrated. But I might be totally mixing this up, but go for it. So when it comes to water temperature, this one will be myth busted, Julianne. Okay. Uh, Water temperature does not matter. It's just really how you like to drink it and how you can be consistent with it. So if you're someone who likes room temperature water, like myself, my wife likes ice cold water. She has one of those Stanley cups. She throws so much water in it. Mm -hmm. My daughter also likes ice cold water, so she got it from her mom. But again, it's one of those things. How will you drink it and how will you continue to drink it? So there is no validity to the temperature of the water besides how, how much will you actually drink. 
Okay, awesome. That's great. And then my my last main question, just, you know, I know 10 to 15, right? We start sampling the Starbucks. We start, <laughs> you know, drinking, having more independent decisions about what we drink. So there's more soda drink maybe. Um, what about caffeine? How does caffeine impact our hydration? And what does that look like for a growing soccer player? So caffeine should be one of the last things we utilize. We should wait at least until we're 18, to be honest with you, especially because I've been seeing a lot on social media of these kids drinking uh, some of the energy drinks out there yeah. and actually mm -hmm. going to the hospital with heart problems, um, especially like pre-workouts and things of that nature. So I would shy away from it. However, if you are someone who's going to try it, if you are someone who's not consistent with it, then it can be a dehydration. So it can okay. make you go to the bathroom. But if you're someone who drinks it constantly, so like a, a, a soccer mom or soccer dad that's yeah. out there drinking their Starbucks and their kid wanted to try it, because they drink coffee every day, it doesn't dehydrate you. Okay. It actually can count towards your water. Now, if you're someone who's never had coffee, the first time where you drink it once a week, once a month, then it can have some of those dehydration effects. Now, one thing caffeine does do is that it actually attaches to sodium, that, that fun salt, and it actually takes it out of your body. So okay. when you do drink some sort of caffeinated beverage, so coffee, energy drinks, sodas, you do want to make sure you do get a little bit of salt in your next meal or with a snack. Okay, that's really helpful. I hadn't heard about yeah. that. Yeah, I think so I think trying to stay away from caffeine as much as you can if you have it yes. once in a while, really recognize that you're going to have to focus on your hydration and your salt if you have some serious competitions coming up and you want to be yes. at your peak performance and just really yeah. feel good. So, okay, awesome. I mean, I have learned so much so far. I can't wait to go back and listen to this podcast. Um I would love for us to give a challenge to our listeners to really work on their hydration, get a sense for how hydration impacts them personally. Do you have some ideas for us? Yes. So I have a couple ideas. One, we can do that routine we were talking about earlier where you weigh yourself before and after during three practices and see what happens with your weight. Um, that I think is just a very easy one you can do. You can throw it in the back of the van, weigh them before practice and after practice. Hopefully no cleats on because <laughs> that's going to make a big difference. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that's a really easy one. But I really want people and everyone listening just drinking half their body weight in ounces. So again, if you're someone who's about 100 pounds, that's going to be two of those water bottles. I'm here showing a water bottle like they can see us, Julianne. Okay. But two of those we'll water bottles We'll put some pictures of the yeah. average water bottle on too. Uh, yeah, So definitely. two of those water bottles a day should be your goal. And one thing I suit, right when you wake up, fill that water bottle up and drink it up until lunch. And then right after lunch, you can have that second water bottle. Everything else is extra credit, gold star, brownie points, all the good okay. stuff. Great. And the other thing you can do is you can make a little smiley face scale. So we have smiley face all the way at the top and then frowny face at the end. So what you want to do is measure how you're feeling that day. So if you feel like you've been hydrated, dizzy, or craving salt, put yourself closer to that on smiley face and know, what should I do tomorrow if I did want more? How much water did I drink that day? So you can take a step back and think about how much water did you have that day, right? And then if you feel really great, like you performed at your best, look at your hydration and you move it, that little scale closer to that smiley face. So those are two things that they can do to really challenge themselves. So one could be making sure they're drinking enough water by just drinking half their body weight in ounces. So two of those water bottles is going to be a pretty good standard. And then using the smiley face scale. Okay. I love that. And so definitely check, you know, check back on our Instagram, our website, um, our show notes. We'll put some resources for you, some pictures for you. Um, Tony, you've been amazing. Um, how can people learn more about what you do and connect with you if they have questions about nutrition, hydration? Um, how can we reach out? Awesome. Well, Julianne, thanks for having me on. 
uh, please go to nutritionfp.com backslash she dreams and goals, the name of the podcast. Nutrition and then FP, which stands for for performance.com. So nutritionfp.com backslash she dreams and goals. And there's three things on there. The first one that they, they see, it will be a health assessment. So you can assess your health or even your child's health on how they're doing in their nutrition in regards to their performance. The second thing on there is a 30-day habit tracker. comes with a video just to really help change any of their nutritional habits, even if it is hydration, how we can get them to drink more water. Mm-hmm. And finally on there, there is a way to schedule a call with me, and we can do an energy and diet audit with you to see how you are doing and even how your child's doing in their sports. So that is at nutritionfp.com backslash she dreams and goals. And I just want to be open and honest on here, Julianne. I was there. I was that kid that I did not know if I was hydrating with the kids that I've worked with, even the collegiate athletes. Most of them don't drink enough water and they're missing a big opportunity to perform at their best, especially with summer going on. And when you look at those people in the tournament, they are properly hydrated and that's why they can play at that level. So if you're someone looking to play at that level, hydration is step one. This has been absolutely awesome. I've learned so much. Um, We're actually going to have Tony on later in the summer um, to talk a little bit about the foundations of nutrition for female soccer players. Um, So we're really excited about that. And if you have any questions, just, you know, you can email me at jdeets at shedreamsandgoals.com or you can message me on any of our platforms and I'll get back to you and we'll try to answer any of your hydration questions. All right. Thank you so much, Tony. And I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening and thanks to Tony for his expert advice. I hope you all learned a lot during this episode about hydration, performance, and feeling good. We will add information about our hydration challenges in our show notes along with other helpful tips about hydration. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast on SheDreamsAndGoals.com and listen to our next episode featuring an NWSL athlete. Until next time, keep playing and keep dreaming. This podcast was prepared by duly authorized members of She Dreams and Goals, LLC. She Dreams and Goals LLC does not accept liability for any opinions or information of any kind expressed by its guests and hereby makes clear that those opinions do not represent the opinions and or recommendations of She Dreams and Goals LLC or its members. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not constitute any form of professional advice. Listeners of this podcast should conduct their own extensive research before making any decisions in connection with topics discussed in this podcast. She Dreams and Goals LLC is committed to providing content that is safe and appropriate for all ages. However, legal guardians are ultimately responsible for supervising access by any minor under their care to content produced by She Dreams and Goals LLC. She Dreams and Goals LLC does not make any warranty or representation as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in this podcast. To the fullest extent permitted by law, She Dreams and Goals LLC shall not incur any liability in connection with this podcast. This podcast may not be copied, published, reproduced, or redistributed in whole or part without the written permission of a duly authorized member of She Dreams and Goals LLC. For further information, please visit www.shedreamsandgoals.com.